Suspend your disbelief. Let yourself be led down a path into the world of the paranormal, where ghosts, shadow people, cryptids, aliens, and all things supernatural dominate. Immerse yourself in a dimension of ominous trepidation with your hosts, Dan, Danny, and Rachel. Welcome to the Phantom Faction Podcast. Welcome to this edition of Phantom Faction Podcast. I'm Danny. I'm Dan. And I'm Rachel. I'd like to say that we have a special guest on tonight, and this is something a little different as it's a listener. And I think uh, this is our second time we've had a listener on. Uh, It's been a long time. We have Jordan all the way from beautiful Idaho, the land of the spuds, right? (laughs) And uh, Yes, exactly. Yes, our version of Prince Edward Island, right? The potato farming capital of the U.S. And uh, Jordan, thank you for being on the Phantom Faction podcast and thanks for reaching out and offering to come on the show. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. I'm really excited to be here and actually be talking with you guys. It's awesome. Very cool. Uh, You said a lot of nice things about us uh, in your letter there, Jordan. Well, yeah, you guys are, in my opinion, you're one of the best paranormal podcasts out there. Mentioned a little bit why earlier, but you guys experience things yourselves. And I think coming from that perspective, when you're talking about the paranormal, is really important. It it holds a certain value, you know? So yeah, you guys are awesome, awesome, awesome. And I really appreciate what you do. Um, as I'm sure all of your listeners do and would agree with me. Um, yeah, yeah, you guys do a fantastic job. Oh, yeah. Let's just and, wrap the show up right there. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. We'll just, put, we'll, we'll just put that on a loop in for an hour, right? <laughs> right. So, and, jo- and Jordan, you, you don't hold it against us that we're from Canada? You know? Oh, no, not at all. <laughs> all right. That's even better. So, Jordan, uh, we were talking a, a bit before we started to record, and I'm just going to let you begin and because you have a lot of things to say and a lot of strange and very interesting uh, incidents and you know strange happenings in your life so and i don't even know where we would categorize you but uh, (laughs) great point of views that you have yes but just go right ahead and uh, tell us uh what's going on with you all righty will do and if you guys do have any questions or like want clarifications please just like hop in and ask her to say something. Absolutely. But yeah, I guess to start. So um, a little about myself. I would say my intuitive abilities lean more towards uh, claircognizance and clairsentience. So uh, throughout my life, I've had these things and growing up, I called them like or I came to call them intrinsic knowledge, quote unquote, or intrinsic knowings, um, just kind of like downloads of information or just a sense of inherent knowing. Um, so there's that. And then I'm definitely a feeler. I'm a feeler more than a seer, like in terms of the paranormal or sensing spirits, I can definitely tell when they're around. Um, and I could tell you where in a room they're at. My visuals aren't really there. I don't see things full body very often or yeah. Anyways, so that's kind of how I get my information. 
Um, but growing up, I was raised Christian in a specific denomination, but I always had certain gut feelings towards what was true, like the legitimate things that they were speaking to or hitting on. Um, and then things that just didn't seem to add up, like why people in the church would claim to know these oddly specific things about God or the universe or how it works, quote unquote, you know? And I noticed that every different specific denomination had their truths like that they claimed or like, you know, like Baptists might think they're right about what happens after you die versus I was raised Seventh-day Adventist and they have their specific beliefs about what happens when you die. And it didn't make sense to me that they were so assured in these oddly specific beliefs Um, because there's multiple passages in the Bible that speak to the fact that God is so far beyond human comprehension. We will never really be able to understand everything, right? We won't really have the answers. So I guess some of the things I intrinsically knew as a young child were that that one always really hit home with me. Um, Just the fact that whatever is out there is so far beyond human comprehension, we won't have the answers. So the specifics never um, made sense to me. Another thing was, you know, we grew up learning about angels and demons. And oftentimes in Christianity, they will tell you, oh, there's just angels and demons and Jesus and God. And that's it. The paranormal, paranormal doesn't exist. Ghosts aren't real. The boogeyman's not real. Whatever. Right. That never sat well with me. And it wasn't until later in life when I had experiences and dove into my interests that I kind of started to understand, you know, that there were other entities um, besides just angels and demons and, you know, specific Christian dogmatic tropes. But (laughs) I did know that angels were real. I, I don't know how or why I knew this. It's just one of those intrinsic knowledge things like that was very, very real. And I have felt them my entire life. Um, I work with them now through Angelic Reiki, but we'll get to that a little bit later. Um, so yeah, growing up Christian, um, but I never really bought into the dogma. The fact that man could be so certain in his claims to something so far beyond man. Yeah, it never sat well with me. So never really had that many paranormal experiences when I was a child, other than knowing that angels angels were real and feeling them around me. Um, I would communicate with them kind of through prayer. Um, And later on, you'll probably hear me mention the word prayer. When I say prayer, I don't mean it in a religious context. I just mean like talking to what is out there, your guides, God, other, you guys, you know, have an understanding of that, especially with the kind of work that you do. Um, You know, you you don't have to talk out loud or be somewhere physically to make communication or contact. Um, But so I would say my first real experience growing up was in seventh grade. Um, I had a dream about demonic possession it was so to set up the dream one of my friends had asked me to come over to their house because 
they knew something was there and it was bad and they were scared because their house was haunted or whatever. So I go over and I've never been to this location in real life. What I saw in my head, I've never seen before. Um, but in this house, it was oddly dark, um, even for having the lights on. And I could sense it immediately as soon as I was in there. And in the dream, it was my job to cleanse the house, essentially, and get this entity out and make sure there were no attachments to my friend and their family, you know, because they had asked me to come over to help them. So I was praying, I was praying and whatever, and like fighting off this quote unquote demon in my dream in this house. And I'm like going through all the different rooms and I could feel it. And uh, I could feel at one point like it was nearing towards the end of the clearing, things have kind of reached a peak, you know, of heightened activity or whatever. And um, it started to attach to me. Um, the like the images I got in my head, I was standing in a hallway and I could feel it come up on my back and kind of encase my body. Like you can feel its energy around you. Um, and then my vision started to go black as this thing kind of manifested more. It was like, I could see it like it's energy basically what was surrounding me going from clear turning to black and it was kind of like turning into tunnel vision as it was like trying to take a hold of me and so I was just praying and praying and praying and like asking God to be there with me and to send my angels and to give me the strength and whatever and eventually like that feeling of it trying to overtake me broke and the I cleared the house whatever I woke up that was the dream um, so that was weird, even as a kid. And back then I wasn't really into the paranormal. I knew there were ghost shows, but it was very different than a meaningless dream. It was very physical. It was very visceral, um, weird, but nothing bad, like in my real life happened before or after that really, um, no paranormal activity you would say um and I've always had a strange relationship to dreams I don't remember them very often but they're very vivid and I'm usually aware that I'm dreaming but it's like I go along with the storyline of the dream like the dream already has a set plot and I make conscious decisions within that storyline although I know I'm dreaming weird anyways um so yeah, I was curious Christian kid. I never really bought into the dogma. I always challenged my beliefs in that sense and would ask people why they thought, you know, this belief existed the way that they thought it did. Um, but I noticed uh, like archetypal parallels amongst all types of religions or systems of faith. And that was something that gave me kind of more tangible evidence pointing towards the fact that there's more beyond us as humans here on earth. Um, way, <laughs> way more than we really know. Um, and they were all talking about the same kinds of themes and at the core of their themes, uh, it was the truth that I kind of knew that there is light and there is dark um everyone just kind of used different names and words to talk about the same things so uh you know going about my life I'm an eighth grader at this point in time and this is where my next weird experience comes in I was on a summer vacation the summer before my eighth grade and it, I was 
really, it was like bedtime. And for some reason I was really depressed. Like, and I was kind of depressed on and on through that phase of my life anyways, you know, life is lifey, things happen. Um, it was nothing uh, like, you know, terribly serious at that point in time. But I was laying in my bed crying, like hyperventilating, shaking, couldn't catch my breath, just that hyperventilation where tears are streaming down your face and it's kind of out of your control. And it wasn't, you know, there's nothing that day that had caused it. It was just kind of like a culmination of emotion, I guess, but really, really depressed in that moment. And I just prayed and I asked, you know, like, God, please, can you send my guardian angel to me now? I am sad. Like, I need love. Like, please, please do something. Like, I need a hug right now. Like, please help me to feel better. Like, can you send my guardian angel? And so I got done praying and I was sitting there shaking and hyperventilating. And all of a sudden, I get this insane wash of euphoria over my entire body. My heart rate drops, my breathing slows down, and my entire body is warm and tingling. Full body, head to toe euphoria. And I felt just this like wonderful glow of energy all around me and in the room. And I immediately felt better. Like the state of heightened emotion that I was in had been taken away from me. And I was no longer hyperventilating or crying or felt terrible and depressed. And it was really, really weird. You know, I was still thinking about whatever I was thinking about at the time that must have been upsetting me, but I wasn't like racked with this irrational like emotion, you know? Um, so that was crazy. I felt better and calm and I was able to think clearly. And, uh, so that was probably my first like physical, what I would call angelic experience. Um, so, you know, eighth grade comes and goes and then I get to high school. Um, and as most high schoolers do, you start to question your beliefs a little more and like really reevaluate where you're at and what you want to believe, what you've been taught growing up. You know, you start to become your own person around that age and explore the world on your own terms. Um, but so we moved, uh, or sorry. So yeah, high school happens. Um, my family had been through some kind of nasty stuff. I won't really elaborate on it, but um, my brother and I, uh, so our parents are divorced, uh, but we come from the same set of parents. So we would go back and forth. We moved in to my mom's side um, permanently. We moved out of my dad's, away from my dad's. Like they moved states and, you know, we were in Idaho. And so after, you know, kind of all of that stuff happened, we or my mom, um, decided that we should go to therapy and, you know, being a minor, you are the guinea pig of your parents. So <laughs> that was kind of, uh, we had to go, she was taking us and we were going. Um, but my brother had been signed up first or she had found a counselor for him first. And immediately when she said she had found a therapist for him, 
I got a bad feeling and I, I didn't know why. Uh, my rational mind was telling me this was irrational. It's like, you don't know this guy. You've never met him. Like, don't be judgmental, Jordan. Just like, but the other part of me is like, or I guess my rational mind still told me to acknowledge those feelings, right? So they were still on my mind. I was still kind of on the lookout. I was still wary uh, just to make sure nothing bad would happen. Because, I mean, this is my brother. I'm the oldest out of seven kids, and my siblings are my everything. They are my life. I love them to death, um, and I'm extremely protective of them. Uh, so I was just worried about my brother, you know? So little time goes by, he's seeing this therapist, and... I keep telling my mom, like, uh, and the therapist's name was Blake. I kept telling her, like, I don't like Blake. I, I don't. It's it's not good. Like, you should get Cole out of there. You should. And Cole is my brother's name. Um, yeah, you should get him someone else or get him out of there. Like, I don't like it. Cole doesn't like it. It's not good. And she thought I was crazy and being irrational for no good reason. And, you know, basically said, like, shut up, Jordan. You don't know him. You're just being judgmental and irrational. And I was like, okay, sure, we'll go with that. Um, <laughs> so one day, uh, my mom and I were in the car driving to pick my brother up from therapy. And while we were driving, it was like probably like an hour drive. I was just staring out the window. And all of a sudden, I get images in my head of the office where this therapist worked out of, and I had seen the outside of the building in passing, but I was seeing the inside of the building and the layout. I could see where there was like the desk, like kind of like a flat bar style countertop. Like, you know, you walk into the door and it's kind of like up into the right. And uh, there was a hallway where like you walk into the door and you kind of take an immediate, you turn immediately to the left and that's where the space opens up in the waiting room. And then if you keep going straight um, after you've turned left, there's kind of a hallway straight in front of you with a hallway to the left um, with rooms down there. And then like, I think the there's a bathroom to the right anyways. Um, and then I saw Blake, this therapist. Again, I had never met him. I'd never been inside this building before. Um, but I saw him and he was tall and had, you know, a like broader shoulders, a wider build. Um, his hair was short and dark brown slash black, kind of the in-between color. And it was short and uh, like the shape of his face and his glasses and the way he carried himself, I think, was the biggest thing to me. Um in just the energy he carried around him. Because, I mean, even previously driving up to that building, I didn't like it. I could feel him and I didn't like it. And I didn't like the energy that was in there. And it was just kind of like not good. So anyways, I say all this shit in my head and um, I am like, what the heck? I'm just going to keep this to myself because I know my mom hasn't believed me about any of the things I had told her previously. So I, you know, just kind of store that memory in the bank and carry on. We pick up my brother. Um, I can't remember if it was on the car ride home or some short time later. I asked Cole uh, as we were going to an appointment. I'm like, what do you think of Blake? You know, do you like him? How is he for you? Uh, you know, 
And he expressed to me that he didn't really like Blake. Blake made him feel extremely uncomfortable and uneasy. He wasn't easy to talk to. He wasn't, at least for my brother, he wasn't doing a very good job as a counselor and as a therapist, you know, not doing a good job of someone who's supposed to be there for other people. But he made my brother really uncomfortable and really uneasy. And then I was like, okay, weird. What does he look like? And my mom and Cole proceed to describe what Blake looks like to me. They're like, oh, you know, he's kind of tall. Like he's got short brown hair. I'm like, does he wear glasses? And they were like, yes. And I kind of described his facial build. I'm like, you know, longer face, but kind of wide round features. And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, hmm, weird. And then I asked my brother about the layout of the building. And, you know, my mom was in the car. She'd been in there too. And they confirmed that with me, like how you walk in and there's like the little desk and then the hallway you know towards kind of the back of the building and so that was really weird I don't know what you would call it my guess is it was just kind of like a random download of information not random in the sense that you know like is a synchronous type of random uh <laughs> well, but I'm gonna jump in here for a second and I'm gonna almost I've been taking a ton of notes. And I'm almost gonna say that you you remote viewed this location, or one of your guides showed you this location for specific reasons. And had you ever seen a place or uh, a person, quote unquote, in, in your subconscious before this that ever happened? No, no, not like that. Um again, I have like a weird relationship to my dreams where I'm conscious but not in waking hours not a real location nothing like that before mm -hmm. it's very cool it, it's it's a total remote viewing uh situation as far as I'm concerned like someone who's done it <laughs> experienced it before so and it doesn't it doesn't happen often but uh yeah that's very cool thank you yeah that's really neat um and, and I think and that's, it is kind of, and that's not something that you should be uh, worried about. I think that's something you should embrace. And you know, you're 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 young. You're only 22 years old. You know, and that's something that you could work on and meditate towards, and and uh, maybe seek someone out in your area who, uh, you know, is a medium or a psychic or or does that type of thing. And you never know what you could be uh, capable of one day. Yeah. That is kind of, it's funny along those lines, you know, I'll kind of touch on it later, but is some of the experiences I've had with Reiki and practicing meditation that way. I had never had anything like that before, but I have had similar experiences since. Non-human, not really on earth, but that same, I don't see things very often, but I have kind of started to see more things uh, as I've been developing my spiritual relationship. Um, but I do agree with, it was probably one of my guides showing me that or taking my I, what, astral consciousness. I don't know what you call that part of yourself that's able to remote view, but they were either taking me there so I could see it um, to kind of confirm, you know, that that wasn't good for my brother. And shortly after my mom found a new therapist, um, or I, that image was given to me. Um, but I definitely feel like it was through my guides that that happened probably. Right. Like it's almost like uh, that one time, and if you listen to the show, I think I've talked about this, 
um, where I came home from the gym uh, in the morning, went to lay down. And as soon as I lay down, I could see John in my, in my mind's eye walking through uh, the kitchen and the living room of his rental property and, go, and then goes up the stairs. And when I, I could, I could tell exactly what he was wearing. He was wearing a white ball cap, uh, an orangish colored uh, golf shirt, blue jeans. And after I watched him walk up the stairs, I, I, I brought my, or my, my vision, my mind's eye was brought down halfway down the stairs. And there was this, uh, we called it a ghoul, like this gray colored, nasty looking thing without any eyes. And it was looking up at John as he was ascending the stairs. And that's the only time that I had ever been, quote unquote, pulled into remote viewing. And it was almost like, it was like a warning, like someone was saying, hey, you need to see this and let John know that this thing's in his home. And it, it seems like maybe if you hadn't uh, picked up on this therapist and was able to, you know, describe everything down to, you know, a T, that uh, it might have been... Uh, you know, it might have been made, made things worse for your brother. Yeah. Yeah, no, it sounds exactly like that experience. Like you're kind of pulled there to see it for, for a reason. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, yep. I would agree with that. But yeah, that's been my only experience with a remote viewing kind of thing, at least in terms of earth and humans. Um, so I guess. So, that we're go- would- so we're going off planet soon. Is that what we're saying? Uh, yeah, um, I would say working with, uh, like, it's only, I'm really, really, really careful to stay away from anything like dark or negative. I've always been really, really careful that I only work with entities of 100% pure light, uh, mostly with angels. But yeah, I mean, that I'll get into some really cool, weird stuff later on. But Jordan, I got a, a question. Just is there anybody in your ancestry that may have had uh, been a clairvoyant or or anything like that uh, that you may have got this from? So I'm actually curious myself because I'm adopted, and it was since birth. Um, but the adoption was an open adoption. So I have like the, a brief like medical history, both my parents, my bio parents, and I have their names. So I really hope to meet them someday so I can learn more about my family. Cause I've wondered the same thing. I know a lot of times it is passed down, uh, you know, from generationally, uh, I would love to know. I know that on my, uh, biological dad side of the family, he is half Norwegian, um, and their whole family is Norwegian, like from Norway. And then I think it's on my mom's side of the family, there is a uh, Mexican, but I did an ancestry DNA thing and they show you kind of where on the map mm-hmm. you're from. And there was a lot of native to mm-hmm. New Mexico. So I don't know if it's like Mexicans that had lived there in that point of time, like after the Aztec or if it was native americans to new mexico i have to do more research on what that would mean i'm pretty sure it was like native mexican people who just lived in that area of the region because the u.s took a lot of their northern territory you know when we were uh, making the united states because anyways um 
So I know that there is both the Norwegian kind of mysticism coming there and then potentially, um, I do know that the Mexican people have a rich, deeply rooted culture in relationship to the supernatural. Most most cultures do, except for the Western ones. We've kind of turned secular. So, yeah. Rachel. <laughs> Hi. Say something. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And we're not done yet. I don't think we're even close to being done. But uh, I to, know. To, I know. Take, taking this pause to ask Jordan. Uh, there, there, yeah. Um, Jordan. Def- definitely an empath. That's for sure. <laughs> I think Jordan's got... Um, a bunch of different talents, you know, tucked away up those little sleeves. <laughs> I think Jordan, you you certainly um, you've you've done quite a bit of research now, just on uh, on the different abilities that you have. You've accepted what you have, and uh, I certainly think you could grow that into uh, a career <laughs> if you want. Um, but uh, yeah, some. Uh, what I really like about you telling these stories is that um, you're not doubting any of these senses that you're getting. Uh, you're following up on them. You're you're researching them. It's much like myself. Every time something happens that way, it's I, I've got to find out why. And I think that's that's in you. And also not not fearing them as well, or or letting that you know that religious background. Uh, interfere with it as well because a lot of people might like a lot of fundamentalists might say well that's witchcraft or that's satanic you know when it's an actu- actually a gift right because mm-hmm. you you know you you can help people you know you can help people connect with their loved ones like rachel does uh you know you can move entities like i have done you know and just, i mean being such a young age and having so many different uh um odd things happen um there's you know sky's the limit from here so um danny you took my uh my question away about medium <laughs> mediumship in the family um jordan tell us a little bit about your angelic reiki and your connections oh, with uh oh. still there yeah yeah okay <laughs> Okie dokie. So, um, thank you guys. First of all, that's really nice. That's why I was so excited to talk to you guys. Cause you, you have experiences yourselves, so you get it. So to hear that kind of like feedback and reassurance, whatever you want to call it from you guys is awesome. I don't get to talk to people who have a relationship with the supernatural very often. Um, but Reiki, so kind of actually to touch on what you were saying, Danny, it took me a while to get here. Um, kind of some of the story I'll fill in later. It's been a journey to get to where I am. And I'm just starting to practice going into things with confidence. I've like really worked on, um, I guess, one, developing a relationship with my guides um, and the angels. And two, um just working on my spiritual development overall to gain a better sense of clarity, to heighten whatever psychic or intuitive gifts I have. Um, and I've had, I've, that's like kind of my focus in life right now too, is uh, really going into Reiki. Um, so just a little 
to touch on what Reiki is, it is a healing modality. It is energy work. It is light work. Uh, all of those things are kind of synonymous, but have their own little different specificities. Um, but yeah, Reiki is a form of energy work and healing. And so, okay, so after high school, I kind of didn't know what to think about the spiritual world because Christianity wasn't cutting it for me. And I knew it was real, but I didn't know what to do about it or kind of how to move forward in my spiritual development. And, you know, coming fresh out of high school, you're questioning everything. So I was like, eh, whatever, I'll just drop it and oh, whatever, right? So I spent four years kind of ignoring my spiritual connection or relationship. And, um, well, that didn't last very long. <laughs> the entire time I had kind of dropped it, I kept getting like these really strong gut feelings, like, like you know, it's real come back to it. It's always going to be here. We're always going to be here asking you to come back to it. It's never going to go away or leave you alone as long as you, you know, like, unless you really, like, tell it to stop. And, but it was like, it's always been a part of my life. And so, um, yeah, about, oh, I guess it wasn't four years after high school. It's probably like, six years after high school but it had been a period of about four years where I'd ignored everything um I was I, I couldn't ignore it anymore I mean like things were basically screaming in my ear to like come back to it and learn more and continue developing that spiritual relationship um and so I started to look around for actually mediums or psychics shamans any reputable spiritual leader or counselor, whatever you would want to call it in my area. Um, and that had also been through like listening to your guys's podcast and a few others and watching paranormal shows. Like I'd gained more of a sense of legitimacy. So I knew this stuff was really real and I'd had more experiences or whatever at this point. So I reach out, I post a thing on my Snapchat story just to say, Hey, do any of you know, of a reputable spiritual healer or person. Cause that's the other thing, choosing your, um, oh, come on, what's the word? Having a brain fart. That's okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> but to choose your- um, Your path, your calling. Like, yeah, your healers, there we go. Your healers or your, uh, the people that you look up to, uh, not not counselor, but like anyone you seek guidance from in the spiritual community or any path in life, really. But especially when it comes to the spiritual world, choosing mentor. your mentor. There we A go. Mentor. There we yeah, go. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> but yeah. Um, but I knew it's like you have to choose your mentors very, very carefully and make sure that you aren't kind of going in ignorantly or with a naive mindset because there are people out there who have practiced their side of spiritual and spirituality a lot and are very strong in it but are not good they will there are people out there that will take advantage of other people and like draw energy off of them or whatever so i sent that out to my friends because i knew if anyone got back to me they would probably have first-hand experience with that person and be able to vouch for them 
So I got a text back and they were like, yeah, check out my friend Mace. And uh, he's a Reiki master. Just talk to him and see. So I got his phone number and I got in contact with Mace. And he had studied Reiki, um, specifically angelic Reiki. And I'll give a little blurb about that now. Also, one thing with Reiki is you are um, like you are like basically permitted to practice and you learn that ability through attunements. It's not anything that you do per se to get into. I mean, there's, you know, the active conscious part of yourself that studies it and practices it, but you are basically given attunements to Reiki in order to use those energies and work with those energies to heal. Um, So angelic Reiki was the main one that he had practiced and found to be the most effective. And I talked to him for a while. We had phone calls and like Skype calls so I could read his body language and everything. And I, you know, vetted him and uh, he had shared his experiences with me and they were legit and they were heartfelt. You can, you know, see the look in people's eyes and the emotions in their face and their body when they were counting real experiences. So I was like, okay. And he was like, you know what? You should really talk to Stacia. She was my Reiki master. She teaches at a place called Compass Rose. You should make an appointment with her. So I was like, okay. I mean, worst thing that happens is I go in there. I don't like her. I don't get a bad vibe. I walk out. I never have to go back. So what is there to lose? I'm, you know, very seriously trying to embark on this journey of spiritual growth. So I go and it's fantastic. She is down to earth, comes to things with like a logical perspective, you know, it's not super woo woo, but also has experiences of her own that are conventionally unexplainable and very spiritual in nature. So I know, I have a sense that she's legit. Um, I get a healing session done or whatever. And then I continue to go back for sessions because I didn't get a bad vibe on the first go, but my logical brain wants to vet every possible thing that could go wrong. Uh, So I go back for more sessions just to spend more time around her, get to know her better, understand her practice more um, to see if she's legit, you know, because if people are worth their salt, it'll be proven. You know what I mean? People's work kind of speaks for itself. So some more time passes and she's fantastic. We open up a little more around each other and share more experiences because, you know, as a healer or anyone that works with other people, you have to get to know them before, you know, before you guys get to know each other and open up and stuff. So yeah, she is awesome and has spent... I th- most of her life studying and practicing Reiki. I think it's over 25 years at this point that she's been doing it professionally. Um, and so she mentions to me, cause I had kind of told her some of my experiences and you mentioned the empath thing earlier and I would agree. I'm fairly empathetic. I pick up like anything and everything from people. <laughs> you're you're not fairly empathetic you are like like uber empath <laughs> and rachel and i have been chatting on the little chat thing and we're and she's like oh yeah total empath so don't kid yourself there uh miss jordan 
always say like I know what I am, but everyone has a different connotation of certain words. So I don't want to be self-proclaimed. You know what well, I mean? Well, I like mean... I'll I'll speak to my experiences, but I just don't want to come off as some like self-righteous butt wipe at the same time. So. <laughs> An em- empathetic butt wipe. Very <laughs> cool. Jordan, you ever find you ever find as you try to uh, expand your horizons, your your quote unquote woo woo horizons, and and uh, reach out to other uh, Reiki masters and and other empaths and mediums, you ever find that anything's trying to interfere? And is there a way that you uh, have protected yourself? Is there something that you feel any anything trying to interfere? Or I have always done my best to stay very guarded and I'll kind of when we go back into the stories it'll I'll kind of touch on that but since I knew that the paranormal existed and was like legitimate and real and that I had some sort of connection you know well I've had a relationship to the supernatural but after I was a little kid um, I always wanted to stay very 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 well protected I was always like somewhat afraid of something dark getting in and so I would pray constantly um, to stay protected and be protected and I would talk to my angels which are my um, primary guides uh, random side note I never feel like I've had a human guide um, I I don't think I've ever had a human spirit for a guide I'm pretty sure it's always been angels um just because angels and humans feel different like you know you can like you can you guys can probably tell when you walk into a room after you get a read of it whether something is a human spirit or like a non-human um like malevolent entity right they feel different not always but sometimes you know like some random spirit passing through feels very different than a dark presence in a room i mean dark presences can be human and spirits too but um Anyways, that being said, I don't think I've ever had like a human guide. I don't know for sure. Um, but I know my primary guides have been angels. So I've always kept them close and talked to them and tried to develop a relationship with them. And I do specifically ask for like before I even I talked to Mason, before I went in to see Stacia, I asked for my angels to be with me, to guide me, to please like give me a sense of clarity and knowing about the situation I was going into, that if anything was wrong or negative or malicious that I knew and that I would stay protected. Um, So that is what I do personally and what I've always done. And then in terms of Reiki, there's... uh, So the only quote unquote risk of practicing Reiki is the same as being a sensitive. Like things know that you know that they're there. So they might try to get your attention, but um, Reiki is inherently light work. It is nothing but light work. Yes, you could technically learn Reiki and practice Reiki and take advantage of other people the same way you could with being a medium or a psychic or even empaths can have really profound negative impacts on people if they choose to. So um, there's no inherent risk with Reiki because you're only working with beings and entities of 100% pure light. Um And then I would say there are certain things you do for protection when, uh, like before you, just because it's, it's putting out a bat signal, right? And so you want to make sure that you're only sending your bat signal to the people or guides or entities that you want to send that bat signal to and that you're protected otherwise. Um, so it's not like a free for all, you know, spotlight saying, Hey, come 
hang out. So uh, we use different, like in angelic Reiki specifically, we uh, ask the angels for their protection. A really common one would be calling on uh, Michael, like the Archangel Michael, and asking him for his golden dome of protection. Um, there's also, you can always white light yourself. So to kind of tie up protection during Reiki, um, we just talk to our guides and our angels and ask them for their protection. And we also keep our vibrational rate as high as we possibly can, because it's one of the best things you can do to protect yourself is just stay on a high vibration um, and stay in those good head spaces. Um, but that's, yeah, that's pretty much it is we ask for protection from guides and primarily angels, but I'll get into some other fun stuff later in terms of uh, entities of 100% pure light and love, because uh, there's not just angels, there are other non-human entities that are positive, but okay, so um, I guess, yeah, so around the time I graduated, like sophomore, junior year, I was kind of like, eh, I'm just gonna abandon this whole spiritual side of things. And it was partially experiment, uh, sorry, partially an experiment because I wanted to see what would happen if I ignored it. Like if anything in my life would change um, or if I would notice a difference. Cause I figured if nothing in my life changes, then this is all just in my head and it's a farce or I'm crazy. Um, so yeah, but it kept calling me like, have you guys, are you guys familiar with the concept of your higher self? Yes. Yes. Okay, good, good. Because in part, it was my higher self. And I guess for any listeners who were like, what is that? I've heard of it, but it sounds like hoopla. Um, it's basically, I think of it as the best version of myself. I'll oftentimes call it my highest self. Um, it's that little voice in your head that kind of guides you down the right path or will give you little heads up or acknowledgements that isn't a guide because you can get them from guides but you can also get them from your higher self so anyways it was for me it was coming from both it was from my guides and from my higher self like that piece of you that has the intrinsic knowledge of yes these things are very real and very true so anyways kind of ignored it and then I had my second dream about demonic possession and again, this was around sophomore, junior year. Um, this one was with my family. Um, and I don't remember how the dream started. Like we were all in the house and it was like my mom, two of my brothers and my grandma. And I think my stepdad was there. Um, and this house was a combination of a house we had previously lived in and buildings and architecture I'd never seen before. Um, and same kind of thing, I could feel the entity immediately, and it was, like, chasing my family around and chasing me around. And, again, like, unnaturally dark in the home, despite it being lit, you know, with lights. And um, it was, I had, it was, like, up to me to get this thing out of the house and protect my family. And so I immediately confronted it, and at the same time kind of guarded my family, like, I don't, know how to explain how that happened I must have sent like an angel or a guide or and also called upon their guides kind of subconsciously to protect them so that I could deal with this entity and I was like going around the house trying to find it because you know it'll like show up in front of you and then like 
also disappears. So you have to, you know, it keeps you on your toes or whatever. Uh, so I finally, again, kind of get to this peak in activity and energy. And again, I'm standing, this time it's like a doorway looking into a room, but behind me is a hallway. And I'm just like praying like really, really intensely, like bringing my highest vibrational energy and calling upon my angels to protect me and like energize me and help them to do the work. Cause I know it's, it's important for you to consciously do your utmost, like physically and to do your part. Right. But certain things are just beyond humans. So I'm calling on things I know will be able to take care of the situation. Um, So I feel it cover my body again and swarm around me. And the same thing as the last dream. It's like my vision starts to kind of go black, like on the outside. It's like it, it looks like black smoke or mist starting to slowly enclose on my vision. And then I just like really, really intensely like pray, like bring out the fire and like poof, it's gone or whatever. I'm able to clear the house and seal it and bada bing, bada boom, dream ends. Um, but again, I woke up like in a sweat and I was like, what in the ever living heck? Because it was so real. And the malice that I felt was so very real. It wasn't just a dream. You know, it was, it was way too real to be just a dream. Um, and then I woke up and I think I was a little probably freaked out. So I prayed a bunch and made sure like my space was safe or whatever. And my family was okay. And then moved on with my day. Nothing weird happened until um my first sleep paralysis experience so this was i was gonna ask about this too i was waiting for uh, (laughs) the opportunity to ask about the sleep paralysis because i because well go ahead (laughs) but yeah so this was my first sleep paralysis experience uh, probably like a year after the dream it was also my first time seeing anything with my eyes like not just in my mind's eye so um it was late at night um I was dating a boy at the time like we're no longer together it was high school junior or senior year and um I snuck him over at night and me and my brother's rooms were like in the downstairs area and my brother was awake too. We're all just kind of hanging out and talking. It's close to 11 and I started to hear footsteps upstairs and walking. And I was like, like, Hey, do you guys hear that? We'd be quiet for a minute. And then we were walking in footsteps and it sounded like someone was getting up and either going into the kitchen to like, get a snack or they kind of kept a computer over there. So maybe to check some paperwork or uh, the other one I heard was like, it sounded like someone was getting up and going to the bathroom or just walking kind of up and down the hall. And I was like, weird. Do you guys hear that? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, Hmm. And I, I had a weird feeling about it, but they're, they weren't really into that kind of stuff. And I didn't want to freak them out. I'm like, Oh, it's probably just like, someone going pee or you know they're doing their thing whatever they're adults they can do what they want so whatever um but my boyfriend at that point in time and my brother both heard the footsteps and then you know we keep talking hanging out and uh uh, my boyfriend at the time he leaves and then my brother goes to bed but I'm still awake and I keep hearing walking and footsteps but in just like patterns that make sense like places in the house where people would normally walk like in the living room or kitchen bathroom that kind of thing 
And then I start to hear my mom and my stepdad talking. I hear them both walk into like the living room kitchen area. And uh, you know how, oh, I'm sure you guys like all growing up, you know people by their footsteps. You can tell how they walk, like your mom or your dad or your brother, like they have a distinct like pace and the weight, you know, like carries their whatever, right? You can tell by their footsteps. So it was my mom and my dad, and then I heard them talking. And I could distinctly hear my stepdad's voice and my mom's voice going back and forth. And then they started to get into an argument. And then they started fighting, like not anything terribly physical, but they were like yelling at each other back and forth. And I mean, they still argue to this day. They have always kind of argued. And so I was like, that's weird. But it like went on for like an hour or two. They're just going back and forth and like yelling at each other. And I was like, what the heck? Like, whatever. I hope they're okay. So probably around like 2 a.m., something like that, I pass out, go to bed. The next morning, I am usually a cider stomach sleeper. So I wake up on my stomach um, and my head is turned to the left, my left hand. So it's like my head is turned sideways, but I'm on my stomach and I can't move. And I was like, oh, great. Like I had known about sleep paralysis. I'm like, oh God. But as I'm looking and kind of coming to, I see this figure and it is clear translucent like when you see heat like evaporating from the sidewalk or like if you see exhaust fumes kind of in the sunlight you know what I mean it looks like gas evaporating and you can tell that there's a substance there but it's see-through so it was clear and like translucent and kind of like this weird swirling or like if you mix bleach into water and you can kind of see how it's like dispersed, it looked like that. Um, but no distinct features. I could see the shape of a head and kind of where eye sockets would be and kind of like a shape of a nose, but no nostrils and like kind of where a mouth would be and like the shape of where ears would be. No hair. Um, and it's pinning me down by my biceps. So I'm sleeping on my stomach with my he- hands kind of like up tucked under my head like and this thing is laying on top of me like on top of my back its head is like right behind my head but because my head is turned I can kind of see it hovering over like my face and its arms are pinning me down by my biceps to the bed except for the weirdest part is that it didn't have elbows so if you can imagine like its arms were just stretched forward from the shoulder and right before where your elbow is like that is the part that was pinning me down to the bed like that part of its arm basically was just cut off straight flat like right before an elbow would be was like pinning me down by my bicep so it was just pointed straight out no bent arms it was really freaking weird um and I was just like oh great like I know what to do. So I started to wiggle my toes and like wiggle my fingers. And like the whole time I'm staring at this thing, like on top of me, like secretly in my head, I'm like, okay, like Jesus Christ, I hope you're not an incubus. Otherwise I'm like in for some real trouble here. The best I can do is just try to wiggle myself awake. And so, uh, yeah, eventually I get movement back in my, I can start to roll my ankles and roll my wrists. And then I sit up and, you know, with all sleep paralysis experiences, usually it disappears, it like dissipates. I turn over and roll over on my back and I sit up and I breathe 
And I look around my room and I'm trying to tell if this is just like a psychological type of hallucination or if it was like a real paranormal experience. And I didn't quite know at that moment, but it felt weird in my room. So I prayed basically like just in case and like gave myself protection again. And also given the previous night's experience of hearing my parents fighting and thinking it was weird or just like, I, I don't know, maybe that their negative energy drew something in and it was just trying to mess with me. So anyways, I wake up, I'm fine. I go out for breakfast and I ask my mom like, Hey, were you and dad up last night? And she was like, no, why? And I was like, are you sure? Because I heard you guys fighting like all night, like not all night, but you guys were talking for like a few hours and you guys were like, yelling at each other going back and forth are you okay and she's like hmm no we weren't up at all last night that's weird and I was like hmm that's weird so that was one of my first like really tangible paranormal experiences um and my first sleep paralysis experience well you know it, it goes back to what I was saying before um anything trying to interfere with you and you needing to uh, protect yourself because it seems like, you know, early on in your life with the sleep paralysis, you know, and these, these strange entities and these lucid uh, demonic dreams that there is something trying to rattle your cage a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I guess like on and off, I would say so, but I also see that as just part of my spiritual development, like not like, you know, my guys are sending that stuff in on purpose or whatever, but free will exists in the universe. So negative entities have the power to mess with people if they so choose. But those experiences have given me the experience in dealing with them. And, you know, I've also opened my eyes to what's out there and have provided me, you know, the chance to protect myself and practice those skill sets. So that's kind of how I see it. Um, they can try to mess with me. I don't invite it by any means, but when it happens, I know how to stay protected, at least to the best of my ability. And I try to grow those skills every day. Um, but that would bring me, I guess, senior year, I did have one more sleep paralysis experience. Um, and it was the same thing. It was like late at night. I was just up late after 11 o'clock and, I heard my parents fighting. I heard my stepdad walk into the kitchen and then I heard my mom walk in there and I heard them start talking and talking louder and arguing. And I could hear the tone in their voice, but I couldn't make out what they were saying. So I knew they were unhappy with each other and it just kind of escalated. And then they started talking really loud, like back and forth, just in a heated argument. And the next day I asked my mom, like, were you and dad fighting upstairs last night? And she's like, no, why? And I was like, because I heard you guys fighting. And she's like, weird. And I was like, yeah. Very weird. Um, Oh, but after that, where I heard them talking again, I woke up with sleep paralysis. This time I was laying flat on my back. I didn't see anything, but I felt something in the room and I just, you know, wiggled my toes and fingers till I got control back over my body and prayed and protected my space and myself. Um, So that was, uh, that was kind of weird. And I also had UFO sighting um, senior year. It was pretty short and it wasn't anything super crazy. I was driving downtown in one of the towns near where I live. And um, there's a lot of trees in my area and it was a really pretty summer's night. So I was like driving by with the sunroof down, I think, and uh, big windshield. And then I saw this 
light up in the sky and it looked like a star but it was too close to be a star so i'm like maybe it's an airplane or a satellite except for satellites are usually like tiny and way less bright it was like a small ball of light in the star in the like sky but a little bit closer than a star would be so it looked a little bit bigger in appearance but it's like illuminated like a star would be and then it starts moving and i'm like hmm that's weird maybe it's an airplane it's just except for it's just like a small light no blinking lights traveling forward and then two more lights come off of it and they were like traveling forwards but the other two lights were kind of like one would go around and the other one would kind of go around and they were like flying around each other and then they came back together and then one split off again and a few more split off again and there were five in the sky i think and they were kind of just like traveling in a forwards direction but the individual little light balls were just kind of doing they looked like they were having fun in the sky i don't know at the time i thought it sounded crazy but now it doesn't from the experiences i've heard from other people and my own experiences it felt like they knew that i knew they were there like i not so much got the sensation of being like watched in a terrible creepy way but like i was looking at them and they noticed me looking at them and they were looking back and i was like okay that's enough so i drove home when, when you talked about the ufo and and how they seemed to know that you were seeing them uh I often hear stories about people who, and even myself, you, if you have uh, paranormal experiences like with spirits or not, you know, non-human entities, then you too, you do tend to have experiences with a sighting of a UFO. Uh, people see Sasquatch, they see cryptids, they see, you know, little people of the forest. And it's almost like you put off a vibe or a little bit of a, an antenna goes up and they know that you're connected somehow to, you know, not to sound corny, but connected some way to the universe and maybe can be trusted or or you just see them like like uh, regular people don't, right? So I think that uh, I think you're right when you said that they, they let you have a look at them and they probably knew for sure. And I guess uh, the next thing would be, especially living in Idaho, and I don't, I'm not sure what part of the state you're in, but they sure do get a lot of uh, Bigfoot sightings. So when you're out hiking or in the bush or <laughs> driving past all those trees, have a lookout and and see if you don't see something, you know, hiding, peeking out from behind a tree. Rachel? Oh, yeah. I, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, definitely keep an eye out because I know that this is between here in eastern washington is some good bigfoot country oh yeah it's like it's like bigfoot central up there rachel i i saw you uh writing down a lot of things and i, I think i think jordan beat you to it yeah uh, yeah jordan um things i was writing down then then jordan kind of confirmed that so it's like okay yep yeah i got that <laughs> so well this is what you do so <laughs> Have at her. Great. Um, I, I want to say, Jordan, everybody needs one of you in their lives because you're just a ball of wonderful light. I love it. Um, I love the fact, too, that you're, you are you 100% pure light. Uh, that's kind of my theme of life, too. So uh, kudos to you in uh, continuing that. Keep that up. And um, I want to let you know, too, the reason why you get more angel protection is because you communicate with them more. Um, so if you ask maybe for 
other guides to come through, you might start seeing a little bit more of that too. Um, and you're wise beyond your years. You are not a 22 year old. That's for sure. <laughs> no, Love she's that. A, she's an old soul for sure. Oh, ancient soul. I think here. Um, and in your heart, I know that, uh, you know, that there's more out there waiting for you in this world. Keep exploring that you are doing that great. But, um, I just want to say, seek out that magic because that's where, where you, um, blossom and you know that. So, um, kudos to that too. Just keep working it up. The healing arts are really connected to you. Uh, you've already started with that. So, um, that's great. Keep yourself organized too with, uh, of, um, what you want to do for yourself and how you want to plan it out. Cause that's going to be the, the best thing for you is to keep that organized. Um, cause when you dive into things, you actually like roll up your sleeves and die in, dive into them. And your guardian angels are more than willing to help you out because you do have such a good connection with them. And you asking them for help is great because they are there. They are willing to be there and help you because you are that very loving, kind, loyal, big hearted person. Um, quick wit in there too, I want to add. Um, you are just at the beginning of a wonderful journey too. Um, and don't worry, you don't have to have fear. You do have angels protecting you and uh, every step of the way. So you'll always have them. And you know that as you, you said that already in, in the podcast, you do have a unique gift to offer the world. Um, there's something that holds you back. And, and that's what your next step is too, is to help to free yourself from that, that little thing that holds you back. Because once you release that opportunity, is just going to keep presenting itself Um yeah, just going to keep presenting themselves to you. So, and, and I feel like you feel like your best person when you are open and awake and aware of everything. So um, when you shut that down, you shut everything down. So keeping that openness and being aware is, is really good for you. And it's okay to be alone sometimes because th those are magical times for you. Um Boy, I could go on. <laughs> but um, I feel like the only other thing I'm going to leave you with is um, it's great for you to accept gifts from others with gratitude, because you will then turn that around and return the, f the favor to um, to the world, to people that need it. It's like a generosity thing. Once you receive something, you will throw it back out to the universe. So I'm going to end it there. <laughs> wow. That was a lot. I feel like verbal <laughs> diarrhea. Yes. I really, really appreciate that. <laughs> you're welcome, Jordan. You're amazing. I love you. <laughs> uh, this is this is oh, the one. This is the know. this is the one podcast I didn't think I had to burn sage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> while, while we're talking to our guests, everybody else, I've, I've got like the incense going here. So. Yeah. Oh no! I made sure we were all protected before coming into this. I, I know you guys have your bat signals too. <laughs> yes. Very cool. Very cool, Jordan. Uh, thank you for reaching out to us. Thank you for listening. My head is like full <laughs> right now with uh, all the stories and and uh, the downloading of your, you know information you're giving us and i'm i think that uh you're going to have a lot more experiences and uh stories for us uh one day soon i just uh i just think that you're you're just at the beginning of your clairvoyant journeys so keep it keep it up and uh thanks so much for being here thank you guys i really appreciate it this was 
This is amazing. Yeah, I really appreciate it. You guys continue to kick absolute butt. Please, please stay protected. I will say this one thing, because uh, I don't know if anyone has told you directly. Rachel, I know you already know. So this is kind of more for Danny and Dan. And you guys just had John on. Um, so I don't know if like you can kind of pass them along to him as well. But just know that you have a whole team of guides and angels. Everybody has an angel that's basically specifically there for them that you can call upon anytime. So please, 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 please just ask them to be with you. Um, it's kind of a cosmic law that they're not allowed to interact in your life in most cases, unless you give them permission to do so and invite them in. So please, like if you think about it during the day, you know, at any given point, just be like, hey, I know you're there. I give you, you know, come be a part of my life. I want to get to know you better, etc. Um, I find that's one of the best ways to protect myself. So yeah, you guys stay safe. Keep kicking butt and doing what you do. All right. Thanks so much. All right. And uh, until next time, everybody be good, behave, keep listening, and uh, keep the ghosties away. Phantom Faction Podcast, a podcast to educate, entertain, assist, and guide anyone involved or interested in the paranormal. To reach out to Phantom Faction, see our Facebook page or email us directly at phantomfaction at outlook.com.